Welcome everyone. It is 6 p.m. and it's time for the server room show. This is episode 14. Thank you for SDF Public Access Unix system for hosting the server. This new show is recorded and broadcasted live at Anon Radio Station every Saturday at 6 p.m. UTC time. There is a voiceover before line active during the show. You can call it either from a regular phone or via SIP. The number is plus one nine one zero six six five nine one nine one. The SIP account to call in at is two six one four one four at San Jose two, as in the number two. That voip that ms. I would like to thank for everyone who tuned in today, and also the people who listens to this in a form of a recording. As this is a live show, all the blobs and errors are left in. No cuts, no buts. It is raw material. Today's topic: virtualization. Let's see uh, a short intro. Uh, computers today have a lot of power uh, in terms of CPU, RAM, storage, uh, even GPU. And the question is, but uh, is this power being used efficiently? The answer, unfortunately, is no. Therefore, uh, computers, uh, servers. Uh, when we talk about, in a sense, of one server per application or task. Uh, as in the past, uh, means that uh, they were or they are underutilized, and the electricity uh, they are taking up uh, is wasted. This was um, very uh, common before uh, virtualization, uh, mo modern modern virtualization takeover. Uh, that previously. Uh, This one application per server uh, approach was um, was used most of the time. There was one server for, let's say, for a database. There was another server used for, let's say, we can say Active Directory, or another one for an email server. And all these uh, resided on a, on a on a separate physical hardware. So you wanted to have uh, three uh, different servers. You had to have three different um, hardware uh, to accommodate uh, the, the requirements, and and they couldn't uh, coexist. Virtualization uh, helps to solve this problem by creating a virtualization layer between the hardware components and the user. This enables the creation of virtual machines. Which are kind of like virtual computers that can run multiple uh, on the same computer or server, each of them thinking they are running on their own dedicated hardware uh, or machine or computer. Um, you, we will see later on that sometimes it's not exactly like this. Uh, the, some some forms of virtualization uh, doesn't fool, uh, so to say, the virtual machine into thinking. That it runs on a, on a on a real on a real machine, hundred percent uh, on their own. But we will uh, see this. Uh, we will see an example for this. If we make it that far, because uh, there is a lot of things I want to go through. So in case we don't make it to the end, I will have to do a part to continuing this or or, or evolving on on this episode. Uh, but first, let's see some terminology. Uh, hypervisor, 
and both uh, what is a host and a guest machine a hypervisor or virtual machine monitor sometimes called is a computer software firmware or hardware that creates and runs virtual machines a computer on which hypervisor runs one or more virtual machines is called a host machine and each virtual machine is called a guest machine the hypervisor presents the guest operating system with a virtual operating platform and manages the execution of the guest operating systems multiple instances uh, instances of a variety of operating systems may share the virtualized hardware resources for example uh, linux windows and even mac os uh, instances can all run on a single physical x86 machine for example uh, this contrast contrast with operating system level virtualization which is uh, one of the form of virtualization we will see also called uh, re referred to as uh, containerization where all instances uh, and these instances as, as I just said uh, normally uh, usually called containers uh, must share a single kernel through the guest operating systems can differ in user space such as different Linux distributions uh, with the same kernel. The term hypervisor is a variant of a supervisor, a traditional term for the kernel of an operating system. The hypervisor is the supervisor of the supervisor, with hyper used as a stronger variant of super, and this term dates to uh, circa 1970, in the early CP slash CMS uh, from 1967 uh, system uh, where the term control program was used instead and it's uh, interesting to know that the CP slash CMS is uh, actually the predecessor of IBM's ZVM let's see another uh, terminology uh, type 1 or native or bare metal hypervisor these hypervisors run directly on the host's hardware to control the hardware and to manage guest operating systems for this reason they are sometimes called bare metal hypervisors the first hypervisors which IBM developed in the 1960s were native hypervisors these included the test software Simmon and the CP-CMS operating system which is as we said the predecessor of IBM's ZVM modern equivalents include for example SAN or Oracle VM server for Spark Oracle VM server for x86 Microsoft Hyper-V uh, and VMware ESXi uh, also formerly known as uh, ESX type 2 or hosted hypervisors these hypervisors run on a conventional operating system on, on top of a conventional operating system in just as uh, other computer programs do a guest operating system runs as a process on the host type 2 hypervisors abstract guest operating systems from the host operating system for example, VMware Workstation, VMware Player, VirtualBox, Parallels Desktop for Mac, and uh, even QMU are examples of uh, Type 2 hypervisors. However, 
the distinction between these two types is not always clear. For instance, uh, Linux is a kernel-based virtual machine, KVM for short, and FreeBSD is Beehive, uh, are kernel modules that effectively convert the host operating system to a type 1 hypervisor. At the same time, uh, since Linux distributions and FreeBSD are still general purpose operating systems, with applications competing with each other for VM resources. KVM and Beehive can also be categorized as a type 2 hypervisors. Because as uh, mentioned, uh, by nature, as, as they run on top of something else, uh, so to say a commercial operational system, uh, we would categorize them as a type 2. However, uh, in function, and in in behavior, they they behave as a type one. So that's what we meant that uh, the distinction sometimes is not uh, it's not that clear. Let's see uh, some of the mainframe origins, uh, because however uh, you might think that uh, virtualization is something new and modern. Actually, it, uh, it dates back to, to the late 1960s uh, into, into roots of, uh, of, of mainframe, mainframes. And uh, all what happened is uh, it, it was evolving and uh, getting, uh, I don't know, more mainstreamed, or I don't know what would be the best word to say, uh, that it ended up in the in the form, of, form and shape as we as we know today. So let's see these uh, mainframe origins. The first hypervisors providing full virtualization were the test tool Simon and IBM's one-off research CP-40 system, which began production use in January 1967 and became the first version of IBM's CP-CMS operating system. CP-40 ran on an S-360-40 that was modified at the IBM Cambridge Scientific Center to support dynamic address translation, a feature that uh, enabled virtualization. Prior to this time, computer hardware had only been virtualized to the extent to allow multiple user applications to run concurrently such as in CTSS and in IBM's M44-44X. With CP-40, the hardware supervisor state was virtualized as well, allowing multiple operating systems to run concurrently in separate virtual machine contexts. Programmers soon implemented CP-40 as CP-67 for the IBM system 360-77 the first production computer system capable of for virtualization. So it was IBM system 360-67. IBM first shipped this machine in 1966. It included page translation table, hardware for virtual memory, and other techniques that allowed the full virtualization of all kernel tasks, including I.O. and interrupt handling. Uh, Note that its official operating system, that ill-fated TSS-360, did not employ full virtualization. Both CP-40 and CP-67 
began production use in 1967. CP-CMS was available to IBM customers for 1968 to early 1970s in source code form without uh, any support. CP-CMS formed part of IBM's attempt to build robust time-sharing system for its mainframe computers. By running multiple operating systems concurrently, the hypervisor in increased system robustness and stability, even if one operating system crashed, the others would continue working without interruption. Indeed, this even allowed beta or experimental versions of operating systems or even of new hardware to, to be deployed and debugged without jeopardizing the stable main production system and without requiring costly additional development system systems. IBM announced its System-370 series in, in 1970 without the virtual memory feature needed for virtualization, but added it in August 1972 advanced function announcement. Virtualization has been featured in all successor systems, uh, all modern-day IBM mainframes, such as the Z-series line, uh, which retain backward compatibility with the 1916s era IBM Ash-360 line. The 19 72 announcement also included uh, VM-370, re-implementation of CP-CMS for the S-370. Unlike CP-CMS, IBM provided support for this version, through it was still distributed in its source code form for several releases. VM uh, standed for virtual machine, emphasizing that all and not just some of the hardware interfaces are virtualized. Both VM and CP-CMS enjoyed early acceptance and rapid development by universities, corporate users and time-sharing vendors, as well as within IBM. Users played an active role in ongoing development, anticipating trends seen in modern open-source projects. However, in a series of disputed and bitter battles, time-sharing lost out to batch processing through IBM political infighting and VM remained IBM's other mainframe operating system for decades, losing to MVS. It enjoyed a resurgence of popularity and support from 2000 as the ZVM product, for example, as the platform for Linux on IBM Z. As mentioned above, the VM control program includes a hypervisor call handler that intercepts diagnose of codex 86 instructions used within a virtual machine. This provides fastpath non-virtualized execution of file system access and other operations. Diag is a model-dependent privileged instruction not used in normal programming and thus is not virtualized. It is therefore available for use as a signal to the host operating system. When first implemented in CPDS-CMS release 3.1, this use of Diag provided an operating system interface that was analogous to the system-360 supervisor call instruction, SVC, but did not require altering or extending the system's virtualization, or S virtualization of SVC. In 1985, IBM introduced the PR-SM hypervisor to manage log logical partitions LPAR. 
uh, which is a, another form of virtualization as we will see in the, in the next block in types of virtualization it's a, it's a para virtualization let's see types of virtualization we have uh, let's say four main ones uh, full virtualization para virtualization operating system virtualization which is commonly called or known as containerization and uh, hybrid virtualization which is hardware virtualized with pv drivers inside full virtualization we have full software virtualization software assisted with binary translation and full software virtualization hardware assisted with VT which is the virtualization technology in provided in, in the CPUs so let's see full virtualization first uh, full software virtualization software assisted uh, with binary translation uh, it's uh, always easier with examples so for example virtual PC uh, the former VMware server which used to be called VMware GSX server uh, VMware workstation and VirtualBox uh, when we're talking about 32-bit guests in full software virtualization all the hardware is simulated by a software program each device driver and process in the guest OS believes being uh, lied to that it is running on actual hardware even though the underlying hardware is really a software program software virtualization even fools the operating system into thinking that it's running on hardware one of the advantage of full software virtualization is that you can run uh, any operating system on it um, I mean not any but uh, le let's say any but uh, let's not believe it doesn't matter if it uh, the operating system in question understands the underlying host hardware or not uh, thus older operating systems and uh, specialty operating systems can run in this environment the architecture is very flexible because you don't need a special understanding of the operating system or the hardware the operating system hardware uh, subsystem discovers the hardware in the normal fashion it believes the hardware is really hardware the hardware types and features that it discovers are usually fairly generic and might not be as full featured as actual hardware devices though the system is uh, functional it's uh, like for example when it uh, recognizes a, an SVGA compatible card and uh, let's say a VGA SVGA compatible monitor a generic sound card however the the real underlying hardware you have better and newer and different hardware so so think about uh, it like that Another advantage of, advantage of full software virtualization is that you don't need to purchase any additional hardware. With hardware-assisted software virtualization, uh, you need to purchase hardware that supports advanced virtual machine technology uh, in the form of that your CPU uh, supports it. Although this technology is included in most systems available today, some older hardware uh, does not have this capability 
to use this older hardware as a virtual host, you must use either full software virtualization or para virtualization. Uh, it's good to mention that only hardware assisted software virtualization requires advanced VM hardware features. Uh, full software virtualization does not. So when you use it on older hardware, which doesn't have the special CPU features, you you need to go as mentioned to full software virtualization without uh, the hardware assisted or to para virtualization. Unfortunately, full software virtualization adds overhead. This overhead translates into extra instructions and CPU time on the host, resulting in a slower system and higher CPU usage. With full software virtualization, the CPU instruction calls are trapped by the virtual machine monitor and then emulated in a software program. Therefore, every hardware instruction that would normally be handled by the hardware itself is now handled by a program. For example, when the disk device driver makes an I.O. call to the virtual disk, the software in the virtual machine system intercepts it, then processes it and finally makes an I.O. call to the real underlying disk. The number of instructions to perform in an I.O. is greatly increased. With With uh, networking, even more overhead is incurred since a network switch is simulated in the software. Depending on the amount of network activity, the overhead can be quite high. In fact, with severely overloaded host systems, you could possibly see network delays from the virtual switch itself. This is why uh, the sizing is, is important. Let's see full software virtualization hardware assisted with the virtualization technology uh, coming in a form of the CPU. Hardware assisted software virtualization is available with CPU chips with built-in virtualization support. Uh, we could say that most uh, modern CPUs, uh, either Intel or AMD, uh, possesses this, uh, this virtualization technology support. And um, you really have to have some old, old, old uh, machine which uh, which doesn't have these uh, these features, but it's uh, always worth to to check. Recently, with the introduction of the Intel VT and DMD-V technology, this virtualization type has become uh, commoditized. This technology was first introduced on the IBM System-370 computer. It is similar to software virtualization, with the exception that some hardware functions are accelerated and assisted by hardware technology. Similar to software virtualization, the hardware instructions are trapped and processed, but this time using hardware in the virtualization components of the CPU chip. By using hardware-assisted software virtualization, you get the benefits of software virtualization, such as the ability to use any OS without modifying it and at the same time achieve better performance. Because of virtualization's importance, significant effort is going into providing more support for hardware-assisted software virtualization. Hardware-assisted virtualization also supports any operating system. Using hardware-assisted software virtualization, for example, uh, Oracle v, uh, VM lets you install and run Linux and Solaris x86-based OSs as well as Microsoft Windows. With other virtualization techniques, uh, 
Oracle VM, for example, only allows Linux OSs. This technique also makes migrating from VR systems to Oracle VM uh, easier. As mentioned earlier, both Intel and AMD are committed to support for hardware-assisted software virtualization. They both introduced virtualization technology around the mid-2005-2006 period, which is not that long ago. So it means that if you have some system which is significantly older than uh, 2005, then there is a chance that you don't have uh, hardware-assisted uh, virtualization built into your, to your CPU. So as it uh, not that long ago, and their support has improved the functionality and performance of virtualization. Intel and AMD uh, do not yet fully support uh, para-virtualization. Hardware-assisted software virtualization components are changing at a very fast pace. However, new features and functionality be introduced continually. In the case of Intel, Intel supports virtualization via its VTX technology. The Intel VTX technology is now part of many Intel chipset, including uh, those Pentium, Xeons, and core processor families. They support input-output memory management unit, which is known as the IOMMU. You might have heard about uh, that. That allows virtualized system to access IO devices directly. Ethernet and uh, graphic devices can now have their DMA and interrupt strikely mapped via the hardware. In the latest versions of the Intel VT technology, extended page tables have, have been added to allow direct transition from guest virtual addresses to physical addresses. IOMMU is the one which lets you, for example, uh, if you have two graphic cards in your system, and if your, your system supports it, you could uh, pass pass through, so to say, uh, one of your uh, graphic cards to your virtual machine and uh, have the virtual machine uh, to see and, and use it just as if it was uh, its own and achieve uh, near, uh, near native performance on it. It's, um, it's, it came into importance when uh, Back in the day, people wanted to pay, wanted to play uh, those Windows games on Linux, and they wanted to have uh, the best uh, graphics performance in their Windows, Windows Virtual Machine as possible. So, with the help of IOMMU, they could pass through a second uh, graphics card and uh, and reach um, levels of performance which previously uh, was not possible. And they didn't have to uh, install Windows for in this in this example on a separate partition or or boot into boot into Windows to to play those games. For example, they they wanted to play. In the case of AMD, AMD supports virtualization via the AMD-V technology. The AMD-V technology includes rapid virtualization indexing technology to accelerate virtualization. This technology is designed to assist with the virtual to physical translation of pages in virtualized environment because this operation is one of the most common. By optimizing this function, performance is greatly enhanced. AMD virtualization products are available on both the, uh, from Opteron and Atlum processor families upwards. 
the virtual machine that uses the hardware assisted software virtualization model has become known as the hardware virtual machine or, or HVM you might find this uh, terminology some of the examples of um, enterprise software which supports hardware assisted uh, full virtualization uh, which falls under hypervisor type 1 or bare metal like VMware ESXi or ESX used to be called we mentioned KVM uh, which is a type 2 but behaves as a type 1 hypervisor and Microsoft Hyper-V uh, SEN some virtualization type of virtualization which falls under hypervisor type 2 as uh, mentioned uh, hosted virtualization like VMware Workstation, VirtualBox and used to be a product from VMware called VMware Server which is now retired and it's not available anymore in the case of VMware Workstation and VirtualBox uh, it refers to 64-bit uh, guest services only I see that our time is up so for the next time for part 2 we still have uh, para-virtualization and hybrid virtualization left and also uh, operating system or OS level virtualization I don't know if it will be enough content for a full episode or we just finish part 2 of virtualization and I think I will uh, include and talk about uh, uh, one of the ones I mostly used uh, and complete the episode like that uh, about Proxmox and VMware ESXi what I use in the lab and uh, Proxmox I use on my cloud server so I think we will um, round up uh, part 2 like that uh, next Saturday at 6pm thank you very much and have a nice day